past Sydney Swans hope to crash the party in Melbourne and win their sixth flag. Gee, they are a good football team, aren't they? Come off the moment, come off the chip. Triple M's rush hour is right behind them. This is the Rush Hour's Swans Grand Final Special with Jude Bolton. G'day, this is the Rush Hour Swans Grand Final Special Podcast, exclusively to listener first. I'm Jude Bolton, and today we have an incredible edition of the Rush Hour for you, and it includes no less than 10 AFL premierships between the box office lineup of guests we've assembled for you today. This is the Grand Final Preview. To get you set for the big day at the MCG, four of our guests have helped the Premiership Cup aloft multiple times and all of them are stars in recent history producing some mercurial moments that are etched in the game's history. They've been there, they've done it and they've experienced the highs and lows of the big stage. I'm just so pumped for this. But first we look back. After the preliminary final weekend, the final two teams were locked in. The Cats, who stormed in against the Lions in emphatic style and the Swans held on for dear life at the SCG as a raging Collingwood fought to the last desperate moments to book their spot in the big dance. And so it is. Geelong and Sydney will take on each other for the first time in grand final history and we're going to take you into the minds of premiership players and pick this game apart. Firstly, with the legend that is Leo Barry. It's the Rush Hour Swans grand final special and if you're talking iconic grand final moments, well let's talk to this guy. Our next guest is a superhero of the game, responsible for that mark. You know, the one that essentially won the flag for the Swans in the 2005 granny against West Coast. Please welcome to the Red and White Clubhouse, former Swans captain, Leo Barry. Leo, how are you, mate? Superb, Bolts. What an honour to be uh, speaking to you, your good self, man. Mate, how has the week been for you? This is this time of year where everyone brings back that mark, but uh, particularly when the Swans are playing, you must be a busy man this week. <laughs> yes, mate. Um, went to the, the prelim, uh, took a couple of days off, went to Dalesford just to refresh the batteries, but the diary's certainly filling up, mate. So it's going to be a, a big sort of two or three days, and the build-up is going to be quite enormous. It should be a great game uh, between two really uh, informed um, opponent in Geelong and I think our form has been pretty good as well. Yeah, now obviously 2005 uh, broke the 72-year drought. How is the memories of that day for you? Oh, look, I think as you'd be aware, Bolter was a, I think it wasn't until after the grand final we, the enormity of what we'd been able to achieve and to really, um, after 72 years, long-suffering supporters to celebrate the way we did and to win under the circumstances. The whole final series, we, you couldn't have written a better script. Um, you know, pretty much all our finals games were so close. And in the balance, as um, and it's a very it sort of similar sort of um, situation as the Swanies. They had an absolute cracking game in the, in, uh, the prelim against uh, Collingwood and it was just another one of those games which, um, you know, makes an even uh, a more sweet victory uh, in the last weekend in September. Now, I want to play that moment now because it's something that our listeners just want to hear. Here it is.
Now that just that mark just makes me smile when I see it or hear it. <laughs> I can only imagine the feeling you get when someone brings it up. Oh, look, it's um, yeah, you know, it's something you're really, really proud of, and you know, we've obviously spoken about just winning a grand final is extremely difficult, but to to win under the circumstances and and to play a you know a role as we all did uh, on that particular day, and to 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 win under the circumstances, it just makes the the uh, the premiership that much sweeter. And um, you know, it uh, it only seems like yesterday when it occurred and. You can almost feel the ground shaking just with the with the crowd going berserk, and um, we didn't hear this final siren going, but we certainly celebrated well and truly after it. Yeah, Leo, your boys Caleb and Isaac, how much do they want to emulate their dad, and, and I guess who who are their favourite players in the current Swan side? Um, look, uh, Errol Goulden's one of their favourites. He's a he's a little number twenty one, and the boys actually used to play with Errol in the local footy comp at the Maroubra Saints. He was, a, he was a little gun then, and he's still a gun at the moment. So he, he's certainly right up there. We love Papley, who's he's an absolute excitement machine. And, um, you know, Luke Parker mm. uh, and, and, and also Buddy, who's mm. been um, – yeah, he's been fantastic. It's good to see him sign up for another year. He certainly deserves the opportunity to play again, and I think he's, um, he's ready to bust out for a big grand final game. Speaking of Buddy, I mean, you were out there on the ground when Plugger broke the all-time goal-kicking yeah. record at the SCG. What can you remember from that, David? And how do they compare to those scenes for Buddy this year? <laughs> well – very, very similar um, in the in the in respect where I was actually standing in the goal square when it uh, was a mongrel punt of pluggers that uh, <laughs> that, flo- that floated through. Subsequently, the you know the crowd ran on. I suppose there's a lot of similarities in there. Both amazing feats. I don't think anyone will ever kick a thousand goals again mm. in the history of the game. That'll that'll never be beaten. And and pluggers, his record will will stand for the <laughs> for the rest of history yeah. and the rest of life in some respects. So. To be to be there, you know, it's one of my definitely my top couple of games that I've been involved in was um, that Tony Lockett uh, event. But um, unlike some of the supporters, with back in '96 or sorry, in um, I think it was '98, mm. not too many people had uh, mobile phones, bolts. And <laughs> <laughs> subsequently, once people got out there, they actually got off the ground. And I think every, I think play resumed after about five minutes. Yeah. Unlike the buddy game, which uh, took about an hour to uh, get people off. And your thoughts on this current Swans defence? Because some some have said, oh, it's been cobbled together. But the McCartans, Rampy, Fox, Blakey, those types, that it's been incredible, hasn't it? Yeah, I look at. I think I think that's one of our strengths. I think we've got one of the best back lines in the comp. Previously, a lot had been sort of shouldered or the load had been shouldered by Rampy, who's you know in very much a, a similar mould to a few of us in previous years, a bit of an undersized defender. But the McCartan brothers have really provided a you know um, a bit of size and intercepts, bigger bodies, uh, and then also you 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 substituted with you know Nick Blakey, who's he's an absolute run mach- running machine um, that can provide a lot of offensive drive and Lloyd and there's quite a few guys that could can rotate through there. So one thing I think for the Swans, we've got a really, really balanced team, which um, going into grand finals, it's really important. If, um, you know, if you have one particular part of your ground, which can get exposed in grand final uh, pressure, um, I think we're, 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 we're pretty even across the ground, which is, which is I think, important or imperative to win a, to winning a premiership. Well, enjoy the grand final, Leo Barry, mate. You're an absolute icon, mate. Love you both. See you, buddy. Thanks, Leo. Up next on the Rush Hour Special Edition, we've got Ryan O'Keefe, an incredible player for the Swans, a dual premiership player, and we'll ask him how he reassured John Longmire before the 2012 grand final. It's the Rush Hour Swans Grand Final Special. I'm Jude Bolton, and it's a big special welcome to a two-time Premiership player and Norm Smith medalist. Our next guest is a history-making Swanee. He's a two-time Premiership winning player. He's the only ever Swan to win the Norm Smith medal. Please welcome to the Rush Hour, Ryan O'Keefe. Ryan, welcome to the show. Yeah, okay, Jude. How you doing, mate? Really good, mate. Uh, mate, I just wanted to take you back to your memories of 
the two grand final wins. They're special days, aren't they? Oh, they're very special. It's all what you've worked so hard for and put in those countless hours that no one sees and to be able to achieve that, and especially with a, a group of mates, um, it's so special. And just the build-up, I guess that nothing's earned or given in, in AFL footy, but uh, just the journey for you as a player, as a young man winning in 05, and then to recreate yourself and be that inside mid by 2012, just a phenomenal effort. Yeah, look, I think the first time we won in, in 205, it was such a different feeling because it was breaking a huge drought, and I think it was a massive relief for the club and all the players to say, hey, we've, we've finally done it, we've got that um, we've got that monkey off the back and we've got one and then you know a few years later we had another opportunity to to play in it I think you know being a bit more experienced you knew what to expect you probably enjoyed the, and took everything in a lot more and to to achieve it it was probably a little bit more say um business-like yeah, yeah. we knew what we had to do and let's get it done and we did it and that was yeah that was pretty cool as well Describe the the emotion because I've always sort of said it's almost like you wish you could bottle that elation at the the final styron and when you get a chance to walk around the ground. Describe your feelings at that time. Oh, that moment that the siren goes when you win, that is this euphoric feeling that you just cannot replicate. You can't explain it to someone unless they've actually done it because it's, I know, it's out of this world, to probably put it bluntly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's unbelievable and you just... Yeah, I suppose had all these m- memories just flash by about all the hard, all the extra training sessions, all the touch, all the fitness, all the time in the gym. And just it almost flashes before your eyes and say, hey, we've just done it. In 2012, we know that John Longmire is quite often so anxious and agitated before a game. He gets so hyped up. But you reassured him, didn't you, in the rooms downstairs? And I think it even might have been in the at the urinal. What what, what did you say to him? Yeah, yeah you're quite right there, uh, dude. We, uh, just, just their final, this is the final time before you go out. Everyone goes to the bathroom and have, you know, to that last sort of uh, <laughs> nervous, of the, uh, nervous <laughs> way. And then um, John was sitting there and I was just me and him and I could see and I, I know John very well. He can get a bit anxious and he looked quite stressed at the time and I had a look at him and I said, mate, it's okay, we've got this, we'll be, we'll be right and then hopefully that calmed him down a bit and, yeah, and the rest is history. Oh, but you, you have an ability to go out and execute, mate, and your, your, your performance that day to win the Norm Smith medal, just phenomenal. What was that moment like when you were named the Swans' first and only Norm Smith medalist? Yeah, I was, I was just I was just overjoyed about us winning as a team and then when that, it, yeah, it sort of overwhelmed me a little bit. I didn't know what to expect. Or, you know, you, you don't play to win that. You play to win the premiership medallion. And yeah, that was just a huge shock and got up there and it's probably taken you know years down the track to sort of sit back and appreciate what what I achieved and how special it is and um, yeah it's a pretty pretty proud moment looking at these two teams I'm always mindful of the soft prelim or you know going in the, the harder way what what do you look at uh, the opportunities I guess for the swans to get over the, this cats side yeah look it's one of those things you if if you have a soft run in and you win you go oh, yeah you're fresh but if you lose it's oh, you needed a bit of a needed to sharpen the axe a bit more uh, look it, it's going to be interesting but I honestly think the swans aren't going to serve up the lack of pressure that Brisbane brought to Geelong mm-hmm. and um, I think that's just one thing that if the Swans bring the heat early and I say you know shop early and beat the rush you um, <laughs> it'll put Geelong under mental um, not just physical pressure but mental pressure and whether some of those um, you know finals jitters that they've 
historically had come back and play on them. So, look, I think for the Swans to, to get the victory, they have to get in, hit them hard early and, and get get advantage on the scoreboard. Oh, it's going to be on for Young Earl. Can't wait for it, Ryan. And uh, congratulations on your incredible career, mate. Thanks, Jude. Appreciate the chat. It's the Rush Hour Swans Grand Final Special. I'm Jude Bolton, and now we're going to talk to this man. Our next guest is no stranger to being an interstate villain and breaking Victorian hearts. He won premierships with West Coast in 2018 and our Swannies in 2012. Please welcome to the Rush Hour, Lewis Jeddah. Yes, Jets, welcome to the Rush Hour, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good. Thanks for having me. Mate, you are a dual premiership player, but you're also one of the most relaxed players, uh, always joking around in the club rooms and things like that. How did you remain so calm on a day like grand final day? Well, I've got to have to pretty much put it to Celine Dion and Shania Twain, to be honest. <laughs> um, they are my go-to music that I listen to on game day, and there's nothing better than Celine Dion in your ears ringing. So you, you surely weren't belting that out on the, uh, the, the club stereo or the CD player, were you, or back in the day? I think I might have put it on a couple of times, but then McBay gave me a look and said, change it, read the room. <laughs> so I went to earphones after that. So you're saying you didn't get nervous at all on grand final morning or not? No, I was, it was really weird. I never got nervous um, before the game. It was usually after the game, which is strange because most players before any finals or grand final or any game are really nervous. And, and so take us, take us through the week for you then. How, how different is the week compared to just a normal week in AFL footy? Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, if it's your first time, there's so much things you need to worry about. For example, you know, getting your family over, tickets, then you've got to try switch back into footy mode with training and stuff but being so relaxed um you sort of I sort of just went with the flow and embraced it, let it all come to me instead of thinking too much about it. And I mean, I want to play this audio because it is one of the iconic moments from 2012. Let's have a listen. Oh, this is interesting. It's a main event in any stadium in the world. Jenna pursued by Rioli. Rioli can't go with him. Jenna wins the gold medal. (laughs) How many people still come up to you about that moment, Jets? Yeah, I still get it uh, when I go to um, junior school and some of the kids want to race and... (laughs) Tell me about it. But a little bit now I'm wearing steel caps and work clothes. So. <laughs> Do you still beat them or not? Yeah, I'll take it easy on them. I'll let them have a little bit of a try and then the steel caps uh, come off and leave them in dust. I still remember uh, an accountability <laughs> training a training drill at, at, the, at the Swans and I remember yelling out, I've got him, I've got him trying to cover you. And then then you, then you, I'm going, uh, no, I don't, when you just <laughs> blew past me. Hand over, someone hand, hand over. over. <laughs> <laughs> who, who wins out of the Swans and the Cats? Um, it's a tough one because the Swans, yeah, they if they come out firing like they did against Collywood and then keep that pressure and that tackling pressure, which they've been amazing in these final series, um, they're going to be tough to beat. But then again, Geelong, it's, it's hard to go past them. They've got experience, some good, cool heads on there as well. But my heart is always a blood, so I'm going for the bloods. Awesome. And what was your memories of uh, the 2018 uh, grand final and compare that to the 2012 win? Compared to, to the 2012, it was just all new, exciting, emotions filled. Um, and then the 18, it was just it was more of a relief. Um, yeah, just going around and looking at the excitement that all the players that won their first one was amazing. But walking around being two-time, um, it was yeah pretty crazy, pretty full-on. When I got back into the hotel room and just sat back and thought about it properly, but at the at the moment it was just yeah surreal. That feeling we always talk about being in the grand, um, in the change rooms and you just want to bottle it up and bring it out every now and then. Um, mm. There's no feeling like it, and hopefully these young boys at the at the Swans get to experience that. Nah, sensational, Lewis Jetta. You've provided us with so much joy across your career. Congratulations, mate, and enjoy the grand final. Will do. You too, bots.
Welcome back to the Rush Hour Swans Grand Final Special. Stevie J is here. We've got a stray, folks. Our next guest is a cat through and through. He's a three-time All-Australian, three-time Premiership player and a Norm Smith medal winner. Let's neuter him. Please welcome to the Rush Hour, Steve Johnson. Yes, welcome to the show, Stevie J. How's things, mate? Uh, thank you, Jude. Uh, very good. Up in... Uh down in Melbourne and uh, the festivities have started to kick off. It's going to be an exciting weekend. Now, you've been involved with both clubs in very different capacities. What makes the culture so strong at both of these organisations? Well, I think it started a long time ago for, for both clubs and it's continued on just through, um, you know, the people that they've had at the clubs. Um, you know, from a Geelong point of view, uh, it sort of got developed um, probably in the early 2000s, um, had some really strong leaders at the club and and then that's been passed down to the younger players and, and they've taken over the baton. And I think that's the same thing with uh, with the Sydney Swans. But just mainly the, the reason is just draft, drafting and employing good people. And the Cats' fearless leader, Joel Selwood, plays his 40th finals game. It's just incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, every player dreams of playing AFL and uh, hopefully getting the opportunity to play in finals and, and play in the big dance. But um, for him to play in 40 finals, it's extraordinary. And what about the All-Australian forward line for the Cats, though? Cameron, Hawke and Stengel, how do you think the Swans will go to curtail them? Well, I think um, the Swans have been relying heavily on uh, the pressure up the field, so they'll definitely need their midfielders to be obviously attacking when they get the chance, but equally putting on as much pressure around the contest when Geelong get their hands on the ball to help support, you know, uh, the McCartan brothers down down back and Rampy, whoever he might have. So if the pressure's not on, um, you know, like any like any team, uh, they'll be able to cut them up, and and those guys will become really dangerous. And I guess digging into even more tactical uh, tactical side of things, they're just limiting the intercepting marks for for the Cats. I mean, how do how do the Swans go? Do they adopt a, a chaos ball in there, or just change angles? How do they uh, stop that really strong defensive unit? Yeah, so I think um, I think the the Swans really need to take the game on and try and change angles with ball in hand because the the Geelong defence, it's um, they work in such a, a great strong formation behind the ball to try and get drop off and, and allow those guys to intercept marks. So changing the angles with the ball and they're also just trying to engage their defenders ahead of the ball as much as possible. Probably not getting sucked up the ground, making sure that they, they're forced to defend when the, when the ball goes in. And yeah, you're right. I mean, if there's pressure on the ball and, and they have to quick kick, maybe keep it, keep it nice and low so the ball at least hits the death. That's uh, one thing that I think you can get an opportunity against the Cats. Patrick Dangerfield, I mean, his search for the flag just would really put an exclamation mark on such an outstanding career, but it's the only thing he really hasn't achieved. He looked so motivated and like a man possessed last week, didn't he? Yeah, he did, right from the opening bounce. I mean, I think he kicked the first goal of the game and like he just wanted the moment and he knew what it meant to... Uh, to win that prelim final last week, so he's got his opportunity to um, to sort of cap off a, an unbelievable career. I was reading your article just around both coaches, and you've been involved with both organisations. I mean, horses' pregame speeches are legendary. You, you wrote, you just sort of said the nostrils yep. are flaring, and then Scotty <laughs> goes about it differently. Just describe that for our listeners. Yeah, so I mean, I touched on on horse. He um, he does. He he winds the boys right up. So pretty composed in terms of his messaging in planning for, for games of footy. But when it gets to the race, he, he's got a one last hurrah in him before the boys run out and, and you just, it, it does it. it run, you get tingles down your spine. So that's one way of doing it. Scotty's a little bit more, a um, little bit more composed and he just sort of uses a bit of psychology sometimes mm. to get his players up. 
Yeah, so they're both both different style of coaches, but they're both very good at what they do. Now, Stevie J, you're a you're a three time premiership player, and 2007 you're awarded the the Norm Smith for for best on ground. You you famously said, you know, call me Normie and things like that. But uh, was there a specific moment when you knew you'd win the Norm Smith? Was it after one of the four goals you kicked, or was it when you woke up in the morning? <laughs> well, I was just hoping to get a kick when I woke <laughs> up in the morning, and then things started panning out pretty well throughout the game. Now I wasn't. I didn't know I was an absolute certainty to win the Norm Smith, but I was just having a bit of a joke with the assistant coach, Ken Hinckley, at the time. And uh, we had a bit of banter. I think we were up by about 70 or 80 points at three-quarter time. So I thought that that's the time we can have a little bit of a laugh. And any cheeky texts to the, the coaching staff at Sydney this week or some of your old teammates at Geelong? Not not too much. I mean, I, I obviously talked to Dean Cox and Jared McVeigh, both assistants at the at the Swans quite a bit, not not necessarily about the game or anything, but, you know, I think it's, it's going to be a great occasion. I mean, if the Cats win, I, I think I'll be, I'll be really happy for guys like Joel Selwood to lift the Premiership Cup as captain and my good mate Tommy Hawkins. And then there's a few guys there that haven't played in the Premiership that probably deserve one as well, like Cameron Guthrie and, and Mark Blitzars. Yeah. But equally, to be honest, like, I, I love my time at the Swans and I've got some really close relationships with the boys there that... I would love to, to see them win a flag as well. I talk to the likes of Papley and Haywood and Heaney and, and these guys and even Bud to cap off uh, what's been an outstanding career with the Swans. To be honest, I think I'll be walking away from the game happy either way for certain individuals. I uh, appreciate your insight on this massive moment for, for both clubs. And uh, Stevie J, enjoy the grand final. It's always a, plenty of cash gigs for you guys. <laughs> no cash They're all on the books. Thanks, <laughs> Cheers, mate. It's the Rush Hour Swans Grand Final Special. I'm Jude Bolton, and now it's time to talk to this guy. Our next guest is a Premiership winning captain with the Cats in 07 and 09. So you may ask, well, what's he doing as CEO of the Swans these days? Is it an infiltration gig to try and get some inside info before the granny? Here to answer that hard-hitting question, it's the Swans CEO, Tom Harley. Yes, and he joins us now. Tom, welcome to the show. I'm doing well, Jude. How are you? Really well, mate. Uh, just drawing on your experience as a player and I guess an administrator now, how have you looked to set up the week for the players just to ensure there's no you know, additional distractions? Yeah, I mean, you know this as well as, 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 well as anyone. Um, one of the great things about Grand Final Week is it's extraordinary, which means that um, you've just got to be prepared for things that uh, don't necessarily happen um, week to week and, and, and that's things like an open training session with a couple of thousand people to travelling on a different time and, and obviously the grand final parade. So um, you try to control the things that you can, which is, you know, your, your sanctioned training sessions, your, your weight sessions, your recovery, um, but then also just be really clear that things are going to be a bit different. But um, uh, we're fortunate to have some experienced players and, and some experienced coaches who have, uh, who have been there before, uh, quarterbacking the week. And uh, the over, overriding sentiment is um, excitement and, uh, and looking forward to a, looking forward to a, what's going to be a hot game on Saturday. Now it's added such additional buzz for the Swans fans, but the decision to announce, I guess, Buddy's re-signing in grand final week, take us through that mm-hmm. sort of decision. Yeah, look, we're, and, and we've we've been really transparent all the way through that, and uh, probably five or six weeks ago, Club and Lance uh, were very public to say, look, we're going to park this till the end of the year, and you know, Lance had some things to work through, as much on, I guess, whether he was up to playing, but also what the the impact on family would be, and he spoke to that uh, yesterday when he fronted the media. He'd made his decision, and uh, clearly didn't want it to be a distraction going into the week. You could imagine. Is this going to be Lance's last game? He would have had that a thousand times over. So he was really keen to just front put that on uh, 
on Monday night and, and front of media on Tuesday and answer all the questions, which I think he did fabulously yesterday. And uh, he's a competitor. He knows what grand finals are all about. And, uh, he knows it's all about the team and he didn't want to have any uh, side distractions. Now, both clubs hold a special place in your heart, Tom. You're a dual premiership captain of uh, the Geelong Footy Club and now the Swan CEO. How is how's your family? Are they torn between uh, who to support? <laughs> No, no, I've got one member of my family who remain unnamed who uh, still pledges his allegiance to the Cats, but the rest are uh, absolutely on board with the red and white. And, you know, my uh, my kids are, are Sydney kids. Should have seen them at, uh, with three minutes to go last Saturday night against the Pies. They were as nervous as anyone. So, no, we're a red and white family. And seeing, I'm seeing the game from a very different lens, as you'd appreciate being a, an administrator as opposed to a player. And just really proud of the, the whole of club effort at the Swans and, and all of our members and past players and VIPs who have been extremely supportive of us, particularly the last couple of years as we've worked our way through some challenging times. So um, uh, one more week to go and, and let's hope it's a good one. Well, let's listen to a little bit of that audio from the SCG from last week, the final moments. McInerney needs to get rid of it, does. It's going to go through for a minor score. And the Swans, the Bloods, will play in the last game of the season. One of the best games of football you'll ever see. It's the Swans. And the Pies Cinderella story finally grinds to a halt. 45,000 at the SCG, Tom. Just an unbelievable atmosphere, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, the SCG, is, as you know, is better than anyone, Jude. When it's at that sort of fever pitch level, it, it feels like it's pulsating. Uh, I've been out on the ground, actually, when Nick Davis uh, kicked all those goals in 05, and that was shaking then, and, and then to sit in the stands, and it was shaking again on, on Saturday night. And I was sitting there. I ended up sitting by myself because everyone who was around me left to either pace the halls or go and sit out behind where the seats were. And I had a, had a plastic bottle of water that had nothing to do with my strength, but it ended up about the size of a tennis ball um, <laughs> those last five minutes. It was pretty intense, but... It, but unbelievably proud of the effort. Now, if the players were to win on the weekend, uh, does John Longmire get a statue like Rusey does at the SCG, or, or or would you look more to the recruiting manager in Kinnear Beetson because he's done an incredible job in in uh, bringing this swift rebuild to, to to the fore, hasn't he? Yeah, both both um, have been significant contributors. It'd be fair to say, Jude, the size of those statues would be decidedly different between <laughs> Kinnear and John. Um, look, it's been an unbelievable team effort to get to here, and 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 as we know. John extremely well. He's he's, uh, he's about processing one foot in front of the other, and and wouldn't necessarily want to cast his mind to what if. Look, regardless, um, you know we've got some terrific people who work at our footy club, and uh, and there will be a lot of people who will be able to reflect, regardless of the result, on 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 the work that's been put in. And you've also uh, been really busy re-signing a number of players, of course. Uh, buddy headlines that, but the, the mm-hmm. likes of the Warners and McCartans, amongst others, it's been an important few months, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. We've we've been really focused on um, retention, dude, for for our squad. Uh, we think we've got the nucleus of a really really good team uh, on our list, and, and sometimes you can get caught up in in the acquisition phase, and you always have to look at where you can get better and the gaps that you've got. But um, we have worked through the draft over a number of years now, and some of our younger players, like I look at a Tommy McCartan key defender who's 22, but he's already played just shy of 100 games, and, mm. and Nick Blakey's in the same boat, so great to have Tommy and Paddy um, extend, and the Warner brothers, as you mentioned, um, Callum Mills committing for the long term as well, and obviously Lance uh, most recently, so no, that doesn't mean we won't look at other opportunities and other players from other clubs to get better, but our focus has absolutely been on, on the ones that currently sit in our backyard. Tom, it's a real pleasure to speak to you on the Rush House Swans Grand Final Special during this incredibly busy week, mate. We wish you all the best for Saturday afternoon. 
No, thanks for having me, uh, Jude, and, and uh, I know where, where you lie in all of this and, and a huge part of our club, and I'm sure you're excited too. Thanks, Tom. Up next, we're going to talk to a retiring Swans captain and we'll ask him whether he's doing the motorcade around the MCG on Grand Final Day. It's the Rush Hour Swans Grand Final Special. Now it's time to talk to this man. Our next guest has an amazing Swans record, 290 games and a premiership with Jude in 2012. Let's hear him have a chinwag about it. Please welcome to the Rush Hour, retiring Swans superstar, Josh Kennedy. Yes, welcome to the show, Joey. How are you doing, mate? Hey, Bolts. Going well, thanks, mate. How are you? Very well, very well, mate. Sum up, sum up the emotion for all for us all about it coming to an end. As, as much as I was content, content with the announcement to my teammates, it was one of the harder things to do. Yeah, mate. I, I, it's it's one of those things that's uh, it's at the back of your mind. You, even though I sort of knew that it was happening, it was I knew that it was probably likely my last year to uh, have to say it out loud and in front of my teammates and, and really to myself. Just that final step was the hardest, and then really cemented the fact that you know um, a lot of things that I'm doing now is going to be for the last time. Are you going to do the lap with the retirees on Grand Final Day, the motorcade? I will, mate. Yes. How's yes. that? How's that feeling going to be? Oh, I'm not too sure, mate. I've spoken to a few people that have done it and said it's one of the best things they've done. It's going to be awesome, given the fact that you know I'll be I'll be in the change rooms with the boys and be able to just duck out, uh, do that in front of a Swans crowd, which would be which would be unbelievable, and then get back in and and helping out supporting the boys for the day. And you've shown your love of the big games. I mean. What was it in your preparation that made you so consistent on the big stage? Mate, I, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't think it was anything to do with my preparation. I think it was more to do with my game style, mate, having <laughs> great teammates like yourself that were just willing to play their role as well, which allowed me to do mine. So, you know, I was very fortunate. But I do enjoy the build-up, the energy surrounding, you know, finals and, and September in particular, footy. And what's those words of advice you'd be giving some of the youngsters who step out onto the MCG for the first time in a grand final? Oh, I reckon um, one thing is that it's it can be a whirlwind. You're going to feel a lot of different things, both in the lead-up and even during the game. Uh, you might feel exhausted after one minute of play, but just know that everything's pretty normal and your teammate and, and opponents are feeling just exactly the same and just trust all the work that you've been put in, putting in over the course of the year and, and uh, trust that your, your instincts will take over and, and yeah, you'll be able to just, just go out and play. I want to take you back to 2012, the flag, and one of the enduring images was your late grandfather, John Kennedy Senior, smiling at his grandson after he'd won the flag. I mean, take us through, I guess, the sense of the Kennedys on grand final day and particularly, you know, you having previously played with the Hawks. Yeah, mate, as you said, it was a pretty uh, pretty ironic finale in, in, for, the, for, for me personally, um, having my grandfather and all who was going to present to the cup to Hawthorne had they have won, but obviously we got the job done, mate. So uh, he was down there and yeah, seeing the smile on his face and being able to uh, give him a big hug after us, after we held up the cup, you know, was one of the proudest and, and the most special moments of my life. And this is an all-conquering sort of Geelong side. They've won 15 games straight. Where do you see the keys to the game being? Oh, look, mate, yeah, they're, they're, they're on fire. You know, we've shown throughout the course of the year that we can step up to, to the challenges put in front of us. I think in these games, mate, it's going to come down to, as you very well know, the, the basics, whether it's contested footy, pressure, our pressure, and just, you know, winning your, winning your contest when it's there to be won. And how, how different has Horse been? I mean, he's been now onto the, the grand final stage multiple times as a coach. How different has he been in the, in the inner sanctum in the lead-up? Mate, he's been amazing. You know, he's been quite quite relaxed and, and yeah, it's, it, it has generally felt, you know, apart from a few extra media commitments, like a like a relatively normal week. I'm sure that'll change when we head 
head on the bus tomorrow to go down to Melbourne. But that'll be exciting too. It just adds energy to the game and to the players, I'm sure. And yeah, he's been great. I guess a little bit of time for reflection. What are those sort of highlights from victory in 2012 and then the things that frustrate you most about those losses in, in 2014 and 2016 for you personally? Oh, look, mate, I think, yeah, you know, the, the, obviously the contrast is pretty dramatic. You can't get to either, either ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a – that's the feeling of having won one, being so ecstatic and, and proud and grateful for everyone that helped you get there along the way and, you know, sharing it with your teammates and your family and friends. And, of course, the disappointment of losing is just heartbreaking. You feel incredibly lonely, you know, the feeling of letting – Letting your, your your fans down and your your family down, all that sort of stuff. But as time goes on, mate, you can't change it, and you know that you've had a crack. And I'm sure it'll be the same for these guys. As long as they have a crack, mate, they can hold their head off high, regardless. Come Saturday afternoon. Well, enjoy the motorcade around the MCG on Grand Final Day, mate. And just on behalf of all the Swans fans and the wider footy public, have admired your career. Congratulations on an incredible career, and enjoy the Grand Final, mate. Thanks, brother. It's the Rush Hour Swans Grand Final Special. I'm Jude Bob, but now we've got a very special guest. He's a king of Geelong, Billy Brownless. Welcome to the show, mate. And hey, Jude, and how are you feeling, my friend? Oh, you know, I don't get too nervous about big games anymore. You know, oh, you're washed geez. up these days, mate. Like, but uh, certainly when the, the players are out there and uh, your, your team or your former team's in there, you get a bit nervy about it, don't you? Yeah, you do. And uh, to be honest, you can't do anything about it. So I don't know why we do, but you do. And uh, sometimes you get emotional and things like that. And uh, I just tell, uh, you know, other supporters, what are, what's going to happen? Well, what, what, I don't honestly know what's going to happen. Uh, I know two good teams are in it and two teams that are flying at the minute and got momentum. But I, I'd love to tell you we could win, but my grand final, mate, anything can happen. Exactly. What about the matchup, Buddy, v a young man who's just had an incredible year, Sam DeConning? Wearing the 16, the blonde hair. Oh, it takes me back to the good old days, Jude, uh, <laughs> let me tell you. But what a, what a season he has had. He's taken on all the big boys. I can really only remember probably Tom Lynch got a hold of him there for about two quarters. Mm. Uh, he's had a really good year. But just imagine what he's thinking, you know. He would have looked up to Buddy and seen Buddy over the years. Buddy's kicked a 1,000 goals and you're up against a hero. So, But he's a good kid. He's pretty level-headed and uh, he, he'll do – I think he'll do his job, but, jeez, uh, he'd be nervous. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what about the other end of the ground? You look at the McCartan brothers and Paddy in particular has been one of the stories of mm. redemption this year. It's been an incredible story and they've got to line up on the All-Australian forwards in Hawkins and Cameron. It's a <laughs> tantalising matchup, isn't it? Oh, it's unreal. And they're two Geelong boys, of yeah. course, the McCartan boys. Their dad owns a pub Matt. in Geelong. Yeah, yeah Matty is a great man and uh, and Joe the mum. So, And, of course, Matty goes out with my daughter. So it's, uh, it's an, oh, she got me a couple of tickets and helped me out, which was bloody good, actually. So thanks for that, uh, for Patty, for that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, a great story, mate, especially with Patty, of course. He's it, just not with the concussions and the bad run he's had there, the diabetic. He's a diabetic and uh, struggles with that at times. So just to have a... The, year he's had and what he's done has been been really good, really proud of the boy and um, yeah, it, look it's a great story but I don't want him to win it. <laughs> how were you on grand final day Bill? Because when I woke up it just felt like it could be the best day of your life or it could be yeah. the worst, like how were how you in terms of nerves? 
Yeah, exactly like that. And you try not to play it in your head and you try to keep it as normal as possible. But to be honest, it's not normal as possible. Mm. It's a grand final. You know, the build-up in Geelong, you know, is unbelievable with school holidays and you, you get into training and kids just flock your car. You can't even get out of your car, <laughs> you know. And, 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 and then you get into training and there's people everywhere and everywhere you go to the, you know, Chinese restaurant or the fish and chip shop, whatever, mate. Uh, what's going to happen? You're going to win, you know, and all this. So it's a big build up in a because uh, Geelong is a city, of course, but it becomes a small country town because there's just blue and white everywhere. So you know, it, it is it is great for the town, also. What about the long lost cousins that come out of the woodwork for tickets? Oh, yeah, there's yeah, people yeah. that come back from from school yeah. when I was primary school. I oh, mean, I don't have any tickets. Yeah. Oh, mate, I remember I was driving down Mirable Street in Geelong and it was a Wednesday or a Thursday and this bloke went past me. I saw him wave or something and then I was watching him in the revision mirror. He did a big U in front of all these cars and he's chasing me and flashing his lights. So I thought, oh, crikey, what's happening here? I pull over. He goes, you wouldn't have a couple of tickets, Bill, would you? Things like that, you know. So, oh, mate, it's, it's unreal, yeah. One player that could get under the skin and he's just one of the great agitators, Tom Papley. What do you make of him and, and who's going to go to him? Well, it's a very good point. Probably Jed Buse, maybe, because mm. he's our probably quickest yeah. uh, small defender. Uh, but he's there. He fires them up, doesn't he? He's their Geiger counter or whatever you want to call it. He, he just gets them going and he gets that uh, the wrist spinning and nearly uh, rotates the shoulder out of you know, out. And oh, he's, he's, he's a very good player also. Knows where the goals are. It's a couple of lucky free kicks now and then, Jude. But anyway, um, no, look, he's, he's a very important player. Obviously, he gets them going. So, uh, Busey's going to have a, if it is uh, Jed, he's going to have an interesting game. Now, this is the Swans grand final special for our Rush Hour listeners up here. What If you get into the minds, what, what's some advice for those young Swans if they're, if they're to take down the Cats? Uh, advice for the young swans. Yeah, how would how would from how me? Would, yeah, exactly. I'd say, oh, oh just think about how good those Stengel <laughs> and those. No, no, <laughs> no. Look, you what? You just say you try not to play the game before you play it. You know, you can walk around and 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 think what's going to happen here and what's going to happen there. And oh no, what about this? And what happens if I don't get a kick in the first twenty minutes? But no good worrying about that. You can't do anything about that. You got to wait to game day and the sirens bounced and obviously you try and get an early touch or just do something, a team involvement there. That's that's all you can do. Don't play the game before it's played because, you know, you play it in your head and what will happen here and what will happen there and the supporters and the ground and everything. It's just uh, you try and keep it as normal as possible. <laughs> well, the two best teams are there, mate. The best team win, Bill. We look forward to it. Good on you, Jude. Good luck. May the best team win and may that team be Geelong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good work, mate. Right on, mate. Sensational. Good on you. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from four on Triple M.